Alternate Realities closed over six years ago. For the past 12 months, I've been reuniting with the old gang as we all weathered a very dark year. But now, dawn has finally broken, a new day beckons, and it's Halloween once again. This is the concluding chapter of The Longer Halloween. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop History Tale. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part 13, fun. And joining me to celebrate Halloween once again is alternate reality's legend, Dr. Bill Mayo. Anthony, so I'm so happy to be here for this. Uh, this is, I forgot, it's not crime and punishment this time. It's friendship and fun, which is great. That's right. Taking our cues from the Batman Long Halloween storyline, which, well, you might as well just announce this right now. You are going to be joining me. You're going to be making your Digging for Kryptonite debut, my other podcast about Superman. We're going to be doing a spotlight episode on Batman. And fittingly enough, after this year of the longer Halloween on My Comic Shop History, for that Batman-centric episode of Digging for Kryptonite, we're going to be talking about Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's Long Halloween Saga. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I just finished it last night. Uh, I hadn't read it in, you know, maybe a decade or more. And so I certainly have a lot to talk about, but we're not going to get into that today. But I'm excited for when we do have our conversation. And I think also, in terms of recording, I think we're doing it next month. Is that correct? Yes. I think it's funny because the penultimate episode of the uh, uh, Long Halloween is 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 uh, Memorial Day, which is the weekend we're recording this. So I'm doing the last two, or two back-to-back. It's like the last two chapters of the book. I don't know if there's a connection there. Maybe I not. I don't know. I'm more excited than I should have been. No, no, no. So Labor Day. So yeah, Labor Day is, is the penultimate. Yeah, so yeah. to pull back the curtain, we are recording uh, this finale of the Longer Halloween on Labor Day weekend. Um, but of course, by the time this comes out, people will have already heard the Labor Day episode um, with Pete Dwyer making his uh, podcast debut. Um, and then, yeah, so late October, early November will be our Batman Long Halloween episode of Digging for Kryptonite. And uh, and I'm excited. It felt, it felt fitting. You know, you were here for the beginning and the end of this. And though we have to give credit at least in part to Brian O'Day for inspiring. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad last night. <laughs> so by way of quick recap for our audience here, yep. Brian O'Day, one of our beloved alternate realities community members, he was on this podcast. He was part of the longer Halloween, the long AR Halloween uh, for the St. Patrick's Day installment. What was fascinating to me was that Brian listens to the show and he had even made specific mention of listening to the prior episodes in the longer Halloween in which we never talked about Batman, the long Halloween. And also in terms of, you know, setting up the recording, not once did I ever say, Hey, make sure you reread Batman, the long Halloween yet (laughs) in the final minutes of the episode, he was like, Oh, so I guess I read Batman, the long Halloween for nothing. So that's the setup, and and I had, I guess, forgotten this, but I think in that episode, I said to him, I was like, well, when I eventually cover Batman The Long Halloween on one of these podcasts, we can talk about it. I forgot about that. I was so excited. (laughs) I forgot about that. It's it's on me. And and so I booked you, of course, to discuss the Batman story. And then last night in in our private Facebook group for the Alternate Realities crew, you posted Oh, so I was excited. I was like, oh, I just finished reading this. It, it really holds up. And his his quote was something like, I don't, I don't know. It was like really heartbreaking. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're not doing it. Bill's a good uh, replacement though. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. I know. I, I felt, I, I felt he, you know, 
I gotta give you gotta give Brian O'Day credit because he took it like a like he just took it in stride. You oh, know, yeah, for sure. He was yeah. like, oh, I guess it's not me, but if it's gonna be someone else, I'm glad it's Bill. And he was like, fine. But but as I said in that in in my response, um, I, there, I think there might be a Brian O'Day cameo in in the episode that great. you and I do. So it'll it'll all I think it'll be perfect. It'll all work out. Um, we have so much to talk about, but actually talking about Brian O'Day prompts something that I wanted to talk about and we might as well do it now. Sure. It's, it's important. I've been saving this story because um, okay. I've, I've recorded multiple episodes of the longer Halloween since it happened, but I was saving it for the end. I figured I shared this with you. I posted about it on my, on my personal Facebook page, but I've not posted about it on the, any of the flat squirrel accounts and I haven't talked about it on the show. It's nothing overly dramatic, but I think it, as we get to the end of the long AR Halloween and I'm kind of looking back on all these conversations that I've had and thinking about AR generally, like this little story kind of, I don't know, just, it, it really stayed with me. So over Father's Day weekend, uh, my wife and I and our son, we went down to my mother-in-law in, in uh, her place in South Jersey, very close to Philly. And we, it's a two hour drive from, from where we are. So a decent, I mean, you know, not, not the, the most Cherry epic Hill? journey. It's right around there, yeah. Okay. And so we stopped once about halfway through, uh, right as we got onto the New Jersey Turnpike. And it's the same like rest area we'll typically stop at. Um, mostly cause, so we figured Milo can get out and walk around and stretch and, and everything. Mind you, this kid was great on that. I don't think he even needed the rest, but he, <laughs> well, we stopped and we got out. Yeah. Um, but we really were kind of debating it. Like as we were driving, we we're like, yeah, maybe we just keep going. And then we were like, let's not push our luck. Like he's been really good, but let's, yeah, let's, let's give him a break. Uh, so we all get out of the car. And of course, you know, caffeine addict over here, I wanted to get Starbucks. So um, I was walking with Milo outside and Steph was going to go into Starbucks, but then the line was too long and we didn't want to wait. And, and so we started to head back to the car. And as we're opening the doors and like starting to load Milo in, I noticed that something has caught Steph's attention on the other side of our car. And so I kind of look over and I see this car pull up and there were a spot, like there were a few empty spots next to us. And I saw this car pull up like right next to us and I couldn't quite see in, inside yet, but I saw someone like they were, it seemed like they were looking at us. And my first thought was like, okay, we're going to have a problem here. Like this is going to be like, this <laughs> exactly. going to throw down. Yeah. And I mean, look, not, you know, not to not to get too heavy here for a minute, but, you know, uh, anti-Asian violence is is an issue. Yeah. And I have an Asian wife and son. So that's something that I mean, to yeah. be honest, yeah. I'm always on guard. Like when we go out like that's always anyway. Oh, for sure. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. So it's like, you know, I was a little bit, you know, uh, on, and plus yeah. just with COVID generally, I don't want to be near anyone. So it's like, what? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> and who gets out of the car? <laughs> but Brian O'Day. So fucking random. <laughs> I love it. And so he was headed where? Was he headed uh, north or south, this guy? South. He was headed to a wedding in Philadelphia. I love it. I love it. It's such a random occurrence, you know? It's like for, for us to be, the, you know, heading in the same direction at the same time and both decide to stop at the same place at the same time. And right. if any part had been, like if there hadn't been a long line in Starbucks, we probably wouldn't have run into it. Like there were so many little things. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was actually the first time he met Milo in person. Um, so we did that and when we posed for a picture, yeah. Steph took a photo of, of, of Brian and myself with Milo Yeah. and I posted on Facebook and the caption that I went with was, uh, you know, alternate realities is wherever you, you make it, you know, it, you know, uh, even yeah. especially at a, at a turnpike rest stop, 
Now that could have certain connotations. I didn't mean it that way, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> like a George Michael type uh, connotation. Listen, but it wasn't. It's so great. I'm so glad that, that happened. You know, I always t- wonder or think about when when you have like a random occurrence with anybody in life. You always think about your day. It's like, man, if I didn't stop for five seconds to do this, I wouldn't have been at the store at that exact moment to see this happen. Like, it's it's always amazing to me that the stars kind of align for that. Um, I have a similar story that I'll tell you, but um, that involves the AR crew, but this goes back a long time. I don't know if you want to hear it. Of course. Okay. This is a funny story. So me, Brandon, and my brother were, were uh, oh, and, and Casey, um, were driving in a car, surprisingly, to uh, Chiller, I think it was called Chiller Theater, I want to say. It was like a New Jersey, also in New Jersey, uh, convention, right? Once a year, a horror convention. And so we were driving in the car trying to get there. And there was a, there was some contention on what exit we needed to get off at. And this is before phones had navigation. Uh, and before there was, a, you know, we just kind of winged it. And there was a really funny conversation there about Brandon going, we'll see who's right, we'll see who's wrong. It was really funny. But that's not the point. Point is, we finally get to... Um, the uh, Madison Square, it wasn't Madison Square Garden, whatever uh, big arena is out in New Jersey, it was, it was being held at, right? We're going up the, uh, the parking structure, trying to find a spot, trying to, you can never find a spot, right? We're going up to like the 10th floor looking for a spot. We finally find a spot and we go to pull in and it's Odo One and it's Harry Odo's car because him and Steve and Evan were at the convention. It's like, how is that even possible that the only open spot, the first open spot we found was next to the Odo's? It was so great. So then Brandon writes this like really long note about like, oh, I'm so sorry. I hit your car. He just like, really wanted to aggravate Steve, right? <laughs> this whole thing. And so we met up with him at the, at the show. We didn't say anything about this note. And then uh, later on, we're like, hey, did you, know, did you notice we parked next to you? He didn't notice. And then we're like, we left you a note. He's like, oh, there was a piece of paper on my car. It flew off as soon as I left. <laughs> he didn't even read it. <laughs> but it's the same idea. Well, it's not the same. I mean, you got to see Brian O'Day, which is great. But uh, I always thought that was a really random thing to like pull in next to Steve Odo's dad. I know. It's wild. I mean, you know. I, I always go back to that episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, the right place, right time, where, you yeah. know, it's it's all about how, you know, he ended up on that street corner in the rain and ran into a, a, a key player in his journey who would ultimately right. get him to the place where he meets the mother. Um, and the whole episode is about, like all these little things that led him to that moment. And exactly to your point, it's like if any one of those things had been different, he might not right. have met the mother. So, uh, yeah, I always think about that. It was it was it was a really fun, random encounter and, and I guess, because, what, what, you know, again, this goes hand in hand with me sort of reflecting now on this year's worth of longer Halloween discussions with the AR crew. And I guess before I offer any any uh, kind of, you know, summation of, of what I've gathered uh-huh. from all this, I know you've listened to at least like a couple of these, right? Oh, many of the episodes, yeah. I guess my question for you, especially when we talk about like, keeping in touch and the bonds and all that stuff, like, are there any yeah. any themes that you've that you've picked up on or anything that's like really stood out at you well to you not so much about themes but i mean i definitely remember key parts of certain episodes one of them that was heartbreaking is when steve was talking about feeling so isolated i think that's the word he used i want to say uh during maybe covid but also after the store um and you know with with rich roney calling me every saturday i don't feel like I'm still a, a huge part or a key player with the store, but at least keeps me updated about what's going on. And I always felt like 
well, you know, I never felt isolated. You know, I always had some sort of feeling of inclusion. But, you know, to hear Steve say that, and he's at the center of it all, I was, uh, I called him up actually the next day. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it was Father's Day too, you know. And so, but uh, I mean, that was certainly something. I don't know thematically though, anything that brings everything. Uh, do you have something that, some kind of thread that ties it all together? So I guess two things. So all right. first, and I've said this in other episodes, but like credit where credit's due. Almost every person I've talked to on these episodes cites Rich Roney as oh, like yeah. the main well, person, like you said, like as the main person. And, you know, I, again, you know, he, the man only has so much time that he, he can't call everyone every weekend. But for those of us who are yeah. on that, that call list, uh, we, you know, we look forward to it. And, um, so you heard that from a lot of people that, that Rich Roney, our beloved elder statesman, I know. uh, you know, he, he makes the effort, um, I, I'm more so than anyone else. And, um, so, you know, I want to give credit to Richard and it's, but isn't it so fitting because as we've talked about so many times, those Saturday night dinners, especially at a certain point, I mean, I feel like by the time I was going, like a lot of it really did revolve around Rich, like, oh, is Rich coming in? And if he is, yeah. well, then there will be a gathering. And yeah, occasionally there would be if, if he didn't come, but that was really the catalyst for everyone getting together. So I feel like it's so fitting that now in this, you know, alternate realities, you know, post alternate realities, COVID life, it's like, he's still the one who's, who's, uh, you know, uh, you know, making that effort and, and having that effect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think that comes down to something that you bring up in your, your documentary, right? Like, will the people at the store stick together, right? And I think Rich Roenick took that to heart, for sure. I mean, he would be the one that would be the biggest flight risk, knowing Rich. You know, like, he, we don't even know where he lives kind of thing. He can just, like, we never hear from him again kind of thing. Like, the door closed to all the realities, and there was Rich. But that's not the case. He's, I, I can expect a phone call from him at least once every two weeks, um, and I've, I've had that phone call with him ever since I left New York. Um, and it's been 20 years or so that I've been talking to Rich on the phone. And it's, you know, I, like you said, I look forward to it. Um, and that episode that you did with Rich was was so heart, heartwarming. Like um, when you surprise him, I'm, I'll be tearing up. I don't know why I get so emotional when I talk about the comic book story, guys, but I really do. Uh, but when you like told him, hey, I read the first comic, like, like comic book you ever read and it was just like oh my goodness <laughs> you know and you had this great conversation about it um what a great way to do that episode i don't know what made you think of that i wouldn't even have remembered the first comic book he told me you know like how did that all transpire well keep in mind if we go back to the the first documentary about alternate realities it opens with with everyone talking about their Revealing. first comic book yeah right, right. and so I mean, obviously, you know, you, you watch the movie, you, you hear it, but, you know, like I edited this thing. So I heard Rich heard say it, it over and over and over and over. So it, was, it stayed with yeah. me. And, you know, I yeah. guess sort of it, it, with all of these longer Halloween installments, um, and, you know, like in the case of Pete Dwyer last, like the, he that was the first time I've, you know, I've had him on the show. And, you know, but, in, but yeah. even for people I've talked to a lot and I've talked to on the podcast, I guess I was kind of thinking like what other kind of angle then can I can I you know come at it from because I don't want to just rehash like the same stuff and um yeah I don't know I guess the other thing too was you know we, we talked in that episode about how we met and how I steered him away from reading that JLA Spectre Soul War mm-hmm. miniseries mm-hmm. that had been yeah. poorly reviewed and all that and that, so I guess that just got me thinking of, of Rich and comics and um yeah I don't know I just I I uh 
yeah, I, don't, I can't pin, pinpoint anything more specifically, but I was like, yeah, I think that would be fun. And it was, and I don't, I didn't do a video version of that podcast, which I regret because to see his face, like when I, when I held it up, it was, it was oh, really yeah. great. Like I thought, yeah, that one was a lot of fun for sure. Um, and then so, so credit to Rich because he really has been, um, making that effort to, to keep in touch with so many people with, with these calls. I got to also give credit to Mike Sangregorio's book club because that came up a lot in these episodes as well as, as one of the oh, main absolutely. ways people are keeping in touch. Um, Especially Carolyn would mention that not only that, but re-engaging in comic books because of it, which is, which is great. Yeah. And one of the most recent things they covered in the book club was Batman, the long Halloween. I, you know, I heard in that episode, I was like, oh man, <laughs> really milking this cow. <laughs> But, but so I guess, so that's like, not to say like I'm pivoting to the negative aspect of this, but it's just kind of fascinating to me. And I, I want to get your take and, and we'll kind of unpack this a little bit because again, with the exception of Rich, who makes the effort to keep in touch, all of these episodes, I've asked the guest, you know, uh, you know, you know, are, are you keeping in touch? Like, how have you been keeping in touch? And in most cases, it's like, oh, I'm really like, I miss everyone, but you know, I'm, I'm not picking up the phone or I'm not texting. It's like, you know, if Rich calls me out, you know, I'm happy and I talk to him or, you know, Mike organizes the book club and whoever happens to be at the book club, I talk to at the book club, but there's not this added step. And look, I mean, I, I would include myself in this. I mean, I'm making the effort specifically now through the podcast, but I mean, in, in other than that, I mean, you know, there's, there's not a ton and I, you know, I guess maybe I thought that might change a little bit after reconnecting with certain people on the podcast, but it, it didn't, but that's okay. And that goes both ways. I'm not putting it on anyone else, but I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me. And I wonder for people like in, in the audience, what their take on this is, if they're just like, no, like that's a normal thing. Or, or if it's sort of like, well, if you guys are such good friends and you miss each other so much, like, why is it so hard to, to make a little effort here? You know, I don't know. Like, what what do you, what's your take on this? Well, I'll tell you, you know, listening to the episodes, I definitely felt that, you know, um, I'm negligent in getting in touch with people. That's for sure. Like, for example, I didn't know Brian O'Day had a new job. And that was incredible to to hear. You know, and just hearing everybody in general, like listening to Drew and, you know, him talking about Star Wars. And that's like a topic that we used to talk about on the phone all the time and hearing how, you know, I think the Mandalorian like reengaged him in, com- in in Star Wars and things like that. I thought that was great. It's like, man, these are the conversations I would have had with him on the phone, and we would have talked for two hours. It's like, why am I not doing this? And so, if anything, it really made me realize that uh, I need to start reaching out a lot more. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, the phone doesn't get picked up. And you know, I look f- forward to like the Rich Roney call. And you know, you know, you've called me a couple of times. I pick right up. I would never not pick up the phone. Uh, but I, I, it's that effort for whatever reason. And I think maybe I need to start t- taking a page out of Rich Roney's book. I think we all should. Um, I think we're such great friends just spread out now over great distances. And, um, and for me, time zones, which makes it a little difficult. But, you know, that's not an excuse, especially with today's generation with Zoom and, and FaceTime and everything else like that. I mean, like, this is wonderful getting to, like, talk to you and, like, look at you. I mean, it's unheard of years ago. Well, you did organize, right? How many of them did you I end tried. up doing? Did any Just of them the happen? One. one? You did organize no, like a Zoom it, AR gathering. I, it, it did. I tried. Uh, I forgot who showed up. Rich Roney called in, which was really cool. Um, I showed him how to call in using Zoom, and I was really happy he, he did. Oh, and, and uh, Zach. It was Rich Roney and Zach. And so it was not the most dynamic conversation. It was hard to like, because Rich is on the phone, Zach's in person. Um, 
So I think if we ever did it again in the future, I would love to organize that again in the future. I think now that I've been using Zoom for like a year, I could figure out how to make this work really well. But I don't know if everybody would be interested. Yeah, it's how, well. You organized uh, an in-person gathering, didn't you? Oh, I did. So um, you guys like sat in a parking lot and ate uh, some food together, no? Yeah. So we met up at the Shake Shack in Hartsdale. So. Okay. And I had talked in prior episodes that I was thinking about setting something up, and I, I did. And so yeah. mid-July, uh, it was about a dozen of us. It was a, a healthy-sized group. Um, we met up at the Shake Shack in, in Hartsdale, so like a couple miles from where the store used to be. And I yeah. picked that because they have an outdoor seating area. So I figured, you know, this way we'll be outside, we'll be safe and, and comfortable. And it was great. I mean, we had... You know, Odo came, Rich, Carolyn, uh, Steve Ryan made a return appearance. That was very surprising. Wow. Uh, Roby and his new girlfriend happened to be in town. They came. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah, we had, uh, it was, there were, there were uh, Pete Dwyer, uh, Steph came. We had, I mean, there were a bunch of people, Zach and his whole family. Uh, they, the, oh my gosh, the whole gang was there. Drew, uh, Drew came. Uh, Tom couldn't make it. Uh, a few people couldn't make it. Brian O'Day never responded. Um, he'll listen to this. So I don't, I don't know what happened to Brian, but he didn't, he didn't respond. Um, yeah. probably boning up on the long Halloween that it ended up being for nothing. I'm so sorry, Brian. Oh, so Brian, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's doubly for nothing now. But it was, it was really, it was really nice. The, the only thing was that it's, so the Shake Shack has this outdoor seating area and it's covered, but it's not, it's, it's not solid up top. Like, okay. <laughs> so it started to rain. Oh, um, no. okay. So we, so we moved inside, which, you know, Again, and I've talked about this in, in the episodes, like Steph and I have been like super, super, super cautious during this whole period. And like, basically we don't go inside anywhere unmasked. Right. Um, but this was, and this was like, this like the craziness with the timing of everything. This was mid July when things were looking a lot better and like, we were yeah. just starting to feel more comfortable. So we did go inside for a little bit. And then, and then we left the, the rest of them stayed a bit longer, but, uh, but it was nice. But the thing that I want, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I mean, I wanted to share the story generally, but I, I thought you would get a kick out of this. So the rain ended up not being that bad after all, we, I, we could have stayed outside. The second that we felt a little, the tiniest amount of precipitation, guess who the first one was to be like, oh, we have to move inside. Guess. I mean, it wasn't Steve. It was Steve. Steve Mr. wasn't. Yeah, Steve. It was yeah. Steve. Yeah. Mr. Like, umbrella. <laughs> what's, his, uh, what's the Odoism there? Mr. Oh, Steve Odo doesn't use, um, or doesn't believe in umbrellas. No, he doesn't believe in gift wrapping. He doesn't use umbrellas. It's only, it's right. only water. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. It's only water. All of a sudden, was you would think <laughs> gotta this get guy was made of sugar <laughs> and he was going to melt. It was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. If it had been, yeah. if it had been Zach and he was like, hey, I don't want my kids to get wet. What, yeah, whatever. of course. Yeah. 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 But like, it's just so weird. It's like, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> He's a changed man. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but it was nice to get I together. Um, it, it's, it's funny that, uh, you know, I, w I would like to talk more about that. But it's funny about the Odoisms because you brought it up with Carolyn about like, didn't you put up those Odoisms on the website? And I remember distinctly, like, you go to the website and he had his, like, you know, his mantra, whatever, however many you guys had logged in at that moment. But it was really funny to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, you know, under Brandon and, and Metalhead, that website was like a machine, like a well oiled machine. They had Pokemon sales through the roof through that website. And then, you know, 
Odoisms. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Speaking of Odo online, so I, I know you see his Facebook posts. Uh, it makes me, I don't know, there's almost something comforting about it when, when he posts um, his complaints about the eBay buyers that he that he has oh, to yeah. deal with. Yeah. It feels like you're home again, doesn't it? Reading yeah, those for, posts? for sure. Because you would come in, I would come in and I hadn't been to the store forever. And there's always a story about a customer that slighted him in some way that he had, it was like, you know, he was so aggravated. That's the only story he would tell you. And, uh, you know. It's wonderful too because he gives you the whole story. He gives you quotes sometimes from the eBay guy, and yeah, it's great. And you can see too, like it's almost like if he didn't know my eBay handle, I would be doing that to him all the time. <laughs> hey, will you take uh, forty-five on this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like people. He he gets especially agitated. I mean, when people haggle generally, but some of the ones that he's been posting about. I mean, they. They, they are kind of irksome, like where people oh, yeah. are. I get irked too. It's like, oh man, why would I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, where like they really go out of their way to like call him out on his pricing. And it's like, look, if you know, don't buy it from me then. It's like, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah. He's uh, so proud of his pricing too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was, I don't know. so I was at the, oh, I'm trying to place this and maybe I talked about this on the show, but I was at the, at the warehouse I don't know. It was months Recently? ago. No, well, within the oh, past yeah. few okay. months to pick up um, a couple of Superman trades uh, that okay. he had for me. That that because you know when we talked about this in the yeah, um, in the hundredth episode, yeah. that everything went to all oh, yeah uh, to all oh, yeah Skokie, all the all the graphic novels. But he had a couple of Superman books, and I went there and I did tell him about that uh, Magog statue that uh, oh, he yeah. better he better reserve for you. I'm sure he'll forget, but I I did. Tell I know him. it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <laughs> One day. The, but yeah, the eBay, yeah, the eBay thing, uh, is, is really funny. Um, but look, it's great to see. You're right. You're absolutely right. I love seeing his posts in general because you know, it's 50, 50 shot of being one of those posts and more often than not, it is that post, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't care for the ones where he just shows you pictures of what he's posting up and, but you know, not having him on, e on Facebook for a couple of months was, you know, you miss him. I miss not seeing those updates. It's true. It was like a fifty-six day sabbatical or something like that, which was strange. Like, why didn't? You, why not sixty? What, where, where did that number come from? It was like high fifties. So I was like, you couldn't push this two more days. He, yeah, I don't know. I guess he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't stay away. Yeah. But wait, one of the things he posted, I forgot to have this handy. So just give me a second. But the the old comics buyers guide ad uh, for alternate realities. Oh, for alternate realities. Oh yeah, that he posted. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick, um, just to read the the copy. But that was. Oh, here it is. Okay. Okay, so this is going back. I mean, this is the early night. This is like early days of the store. Uh, so this was an ad that the that Alternate Realities had in Comics Buyer's Guide, uh, New York's newest comic and card store. Uh, that's the the top part, and it says all kinds of stuff, and <laughs> comics and cards plus videos and toys, memorabilia, original art, guest appearances, and a whole lot more. And then Alternate Realities, seven hundred Central Park Avenue, and the phone number. There you go. So optimistic at the beginning. What do you think that ad would have looked like at the end? <laughs> I, it's a cool ad. I had never seen that before. And, you know, certainly a different time. I guess that was with uh, Kevin, right? Kevin Halstead would have been owner of, of the store at that moment. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, it says New York's newest store. So if this was the first yeah. year or two, I mean, yeah, this was Steve, Kevin, and Gene. Yeah, that's incredible. It's an incredible find for sure. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, Anthony. All kinds, and of at the stuff. end, he did have all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's true. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like what the last ad would have been. I mean, it's funny because I don't even. Oh, I'm trying to think what was the last ad he even ran. I mean, he was so oh, opposed to know. it. He did a couple. Didn't he do a couple of like uh, radio ads? I want to say maybe. Am I mistaken? Well, the only thing I remember about radio ads is him refusing to do them because they were. All right, so maybe that's what I do remember. Farts in the air. I, I just remember him saying that they were farts in the air, uh, but I don't know if he had done them in the past. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. certainly if, if he had, by a certain point, he outright refused to do them. So, but yeah, that ad was yeah. cool. Um, for anyone, I'll post it on the, um, on my social media, uh, like the Flat Squirrel podcast uh, network and stuff like that. So if anyone wants to see it, they can, they can take a look at it. I mean, it is, it is pretty cool to see. Nice relic. No, I, I, I loved it. It's it's so incredible to think that we can still mine things out that even we don't know about the store that I think is wonderful. You know, know. just when you think we've covered found everything, that, right? No, we haven't. I told mm-hmm. you you could do this for years, years, you know, into the future. Yeah, yeah. No, he now he found it. So uh, so props to Steve. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. Shadadigans is a weekly podcast by dads sharing their fairly new dad experiences and also just talking about whatever. Listen, relate, and laugh. I was a guest on episode 90, and it was a blast. One of the hosts is a multiple guest of this show, Justin DeVoe. To follow Justin's fitness and cosplay journey, follow him on Instagram at RealLifeLobo. And if you're interested in starting or continuing your own fitness journey, check out Iron and Honor on Instagram. If you enjoy this show, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. I also hope you'll consider joining my Patreon community. The support of my patrons enables me to produce this podcast, and patrons get rewards too, including exclusive episodes, advanced listens, and more. Sign up today and get instant access to the back catalog. Visit patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato. Thank you to all of my patrons. I truly appreciate your support. All right, and we're back. So uh, there's still so much more for us to talk about, but I wanted to give, I guess, a little tease for what's to come next year. So as you and I talked oh, yeah. about in the hundredth episode, I'm not going to make a huge deal out of this being the the finale and all that stuff because mm-hmm. we've had multiple finales. We always come back. We'll come back. Um, and I've I've settled on what my comic shop history will cover next year. I like the the uh, the event series format like we did with the longer Halloween, like we tried to do with the homecoming last year before COVID yeah, wrecked yeah. it. I like that model for the show. So uh, for next year, you know. A comic shop can't celebrate 40 years without some podcast fanfare. So coming in 2022 to My Comic Shop History will be a special six-episode event, their comic shop history, featuring Fat Moose Comics. I love it. love it. <clears throat> That's uh, great. It's been 40 years for Fat Moose? 40 That's years. wonderful. Yeah, 1982. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk to the original owner, the current owner, our good friend Sean Hendricks, uh, some of the customers, it'll be great. And the, I know Sean is planning a lot of really big fun stuff for the 40th anniversary celebration. So, yeah. you know, maybe we'll do a little, uh, we'll, we'll do an episode about the planning of it and then we'll do an episode after. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's to come, uh, next year. I don't know. I was initially thinking six weekly episodes, like right around the time of the anniversary, but now I'm thinking I kind of like this monthly format that we've utilized for yeah. the longer Halloween. So I think we might, might maybe do it monthly. And then that way we're kind of in the story of fat moose for, for half the year, which I think would be kind of cool. So that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. I think that's great. I look forward to listening to those and hearing the history of that store. Um, and, and meeting the customers, because from what you guys have always said, it's very similar to, you know, what we had at Alternate. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, like, so they're, interesting to hear. their rich roni is Gene. His name is Gene. I mean, it's like, it's... <laughs> That's awesome. Like it's like that episode of Seinfeld with uh, the the uh, Bizarro uh, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, oh, one other thing, one other update I wanted to share. I sold most of my pops. You did not. Yeah. Did you really? Walmart, All right. Yeah. I did Good it for you. What what, what uh, brought you to that uh, decision? Space. Space. Well, they do take up a lot of space if you keep those boxes. That's for sure. Yeah, but even so, we dis- we have displayed them out of the box. So yeah, you still have to store the boxes, but at least because some people right. do display them in the box, so then that really takes right. up uh, even more space. But and you know, I've mentioned this on other episodes, but you know, now that we've you know we've we've moved and we're in the place we expect to be, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's like I know how much space I have to work with. Yeah. Um. And so you know, if it's a matter of selling them versus you know just keeping them in a in a in a closet somewhere, I was like, let me let me get rid of these. Um, they can go on to someone else. I, I've enjoyed someone them. Someone else I've enjoy them. them. Yeah. And I kept all the ones that mean the most to me, all the ones that you would likely expect. So I kept the Smallville ones and the, yeah. you know, the, the Batman v Superman and all that stuff. Um, Supernatural, like the office. Like I kept the ones that I, I felt, uh, you know, most attached to. And the rest went off to uh, our buddy, Chris Wilcock at Undiscovered Realm. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's the uh, the number one place, I'm assuming, in New York for pops. Yeah. And it worked out great. Although <laughs> I felt bad. So... Um, have, have, like when you were in elementary school, did you ever have the experience where, you know, you would have a, an assignment or a test and like the teacher would grade it for you on the spot. Like you would, you would bring uh-huh. it up and they would yeah. do it and you're like yeah. standing there and you're waiting. Like, I do that to students right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. So this yeah. wasn't, it wasn't exactly like that, but it was similar. So I, I, you know, we messaged ahead of time and I gave him a list and, and he was yeah. fantastic and generous and it was great. Um, and so I packed everything up and I brought it to Undiscovered Realm and hauled them up those the staircase. It's like the Midtown Comics yeah. staircase. Yeah, it's a long staircase. Uh, and then I left them with him and he's like, you know, we'll go through it over the next hour. I was like, yeah, no problem. Well, Bill, it turns out that uh, as much as I, you know, my nature is to, is to keep things in, in, in good condition and to be very particular about stuff. Oh. I guess I neglected the you boxes. A opinion. No, no, it wasn't even a difference in opinion. It was, I guess I had neglected the boxes more than I, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, because right. over that next hour, I kept getting texts from Chris and they, they weren't, they weren't antagonistic. I think he was just keeping me posted. And, you know, we had talked sure. ahead of time, you know, he had, he had given me sort of the guidelines for what the, what the price would be for them. And, but as he reminded me, it's contingent on the condition. And, you know, I was like, of course. So he, I think he was just keeping me posted, but I've seen these texts like, oh, this one has a ding here. This one's a little scuffed. Uh, this uh-huh. one has an Amazon price tag on it, price sticker that when you take it off, it messes up the box. I was like, oh my God, like I, I felt so bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, that, but, and, and so like- if You, you weren't the collector you thought you were. I mean, come on, Anthony. I know. Well, I, you know, I, in fairness, I mean, they have come in and out of the boxes a couple of times from my oh, various- Oh yeah, for sure. Moves. I'm sure that, yeah, because you, you, you had them to love. You know, you weren't buying them to keep them pristine in the box. And that's the difference between cer- certain collectors. And, and I never understood that type of collecting. Like the Steve Odo, I'll take this graphic novel in the shrink wrap and put it on the shelf and then never read it. I never understood that. It's like, well, don't you want to read it? Oh, I've already read it. Well, then why do you have it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, so like if you go on the Undiscovered Realm site, uh, not just my collection, but other pops, you know, like when they buy a collection, you know, I guess this is not so uncommon. And so the condition will be listed when you go on the website. And so for a number of mine, they say shelfware, 
uh, you know, fair, and they're priced accordingly. So, you know, it's. Did it's, you get a, a pedigree on the website, the Anthony Desi Auto, Auto Collection? No, I don't. I don't think I would have earned that. I, I no. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Steve sold his comic books through Heritage? He was very upset not to get a pedigree name yeah. on it. Yeah. I know. No, that would look. That would have. That would have been cool for him. Um, but no, oh, I, rem- for sure. I remember him talking. I would have definitely that. bought Steve Auto comic books. Let me tell you right now. Yeah, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but I would definitely have bought those comics. Um, so, how does it feel to have all the extra space? Good. Good. I mean, yeah. No, that's the thing, and you know, hopefully, this feeling doesn't change. But yeah, there was no. Mm-hmm seller's remorse um i was happy to and you know like the ones that i kept you can't they're just out of frame but they're in the showcase behind me and i've got i got these um like these tiered uh stands to to put them on and they look great and again i kept the ones that i liked the most and uh no i like i'm i'm i was happy to to kind of be done with them um i used the money to buy these like really really nice adjustable dumbbells they're great oh <laughs> so, nice yeah things so, of real value yeah, yeah. and i mean I, you know i i did i did pretty well with with the with yeah. the sale in terms of what i what i paid for these things and and all that and the last thing oh let me say this too about the boxes some of the bo- i mean there were some that i bought that were dinged up from from chris initially <laughs> You know, uh, because like I remember there was there was a Negan from Walking Dead um, Uh and like he sold it as a damn like the box was just all mangled and he sold it as such. And I I bought it from him because I was like, I don't care about the box. I'm never going to sell these, (laughs) Um, you know, so there were things like that. So there were some whether I bought from him or if I ordered online, like if they came a little bit like that. So there there were some like that. um, And then something like, again, like a price sticker that I wouldn't have even known that that would have been an issue. And I bought it like that. So that, you know, I don't, I don't want to paint myself as this uh, careless collector here, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. Uh, One of them is, do you remember a customer named Gresham Gregory? Oh my God. Yeah. Remember that guy? Anyway, I remember distinctly he'd be in the store for sometimes hours, like looking at the comic books in the light. To, to make sure they were absolutely perfect and pristine, um, you know, and, and he would he would just be so meticulous and like you he, you could almost you almost didn't want to handle his comic books when you rang it up. And I remember saying to him one day as he's doing this, I was in a bad mood. I don't know what I said. I said, you know, when you go to sell these to us, we're going to give you twenty five cents a piece. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that came to mind. Uh, so some people who really are pristine. I never was like that. I was always like, I'm going to love these, and if they're worth money in the future, great. I probably still won't sell them. Um, but with regards to the pops and selling them, makes me think of a lot of conversations I had with Drew back in the day. You know, I moved from you know New York to Baltimore to Philly, then out here, and I sold parts of my collection as I went. And a lot of the things that I wind up selling were the big bulky things. I had a lot of statues at one point, not as many as Drew might have had, but you know, in thinking about moving them and potentially breaking them, I you know I sold them rather than than hold on to them. And I remember Drew said, you know, when he sold his collection, he was a big Bowen collector, and he's like, you know, if you ever want it again in the future, you can go get it. You could buy it. It's not like they made one of them. They made you know thousands of these things, and I'm sure the pops are the same way. If ever you feel like you needed that Negan, even in a shitty box, you could probably find them you know yes and i guess that's a uh, yeah i mean i guess maybe there's some comfort in that it's like i, I don't want to get to that point i mean i've i you know i've run into that with some comics or trades that i've sold that then i mm-hmm. i there were instances where then i was like oh i want to have it or now that i've been doing the, the superman podcast like there have been a few things that 
that I, I that I had at one point that I figured, well, I'm not going to do anything with this, and I got rid of it. And now it's like, oh, I would do an episode on these issues, but I yeah. don't have them, and they're not right. on the DC app, and the trades are out of print, and it's like, oh, this is kind of a hassle. So, uh, but yes, generally speaking, no, I mean, I do agree with that, and uh, yeah, I guess that offers some some measure of comfort as well. It's like if I absolutely have to have it again, it's like uh, you know, I mean, most things can ha- be had for any price. I mean. The years of you know you know when I first got into comics and you know when alternate realities would do like the uh, the conventions down in um, the church uh, basement uh, in Manhattan you know you would walk around the entire convention and see maybe one copy of like Amazing Fantasy fifteen and you'd be like oh my god that incredibly you know rare comic book I can't even believe I could see it I'm not even going to ask the guy to hold it uh, but you know now you go to eBay you type Amazing Fantasy fifteen there's probably a hundred copies up there right now you know and so the the eBay market has kind of ruined a lot of the collectibles market but you know for for but it's also for good right because it gets things into the hands of people who will appreciate it yeah no totally and and ebay has been my my saving grace in a few instances with sourcing material for the superman podcast so uh no i've definitely it's funny because i like years ago i was on ebay more regularly and then i didn't buy anything for so long but now yeah you know i'll, I'll periodically pick stuff up um, you know, if I'm going to discuss it on, on digging for kryptonite. So I, you know, I've, I've, uh, I always check super Odo first, but if he doesn't have it, then, then I go look elsewhere. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so how's the, uh, digging for kryptonite been in general? Um, it's something you enjoy doing, uh, week to week. I love it so much. I love yeah, it. I mean, it's great. I, you know, I, and I don't, I don't want to say that at the expense of this show, this is the first and the flagship show of flat squirrel productions. And I love everything that we've accomplished on this show, but I can't tell you how much fun I'm having. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best sort of situation where I, I would say most, if not all of the episodes, you know, even if no one listened to them, I would still be happy I did them because I found it edifying to some degree as a Superman yeah. fan and I so enjoyed the conversation. And so that's the space that I've been in for that show. And it's been great. And, you know, it's funny, like more people still download this show than the other one, although the gap is, is kind of closing. Um, but I get far more feedback on the Superman show, which is great. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's, you know, again, nobody owes me any messages or anything like that, but it's great. Like when I put out an episode and then people will, will talk about their own experience with, you know, the Ruby Spears Superman cartoon or whatever is that we're talking yeah, for about. Sure. Yeah. So it's been it's great. Gotta be gratifying. Yeah. And very rewarding. I'm sure. Uh, talking about that, you must get all sorts of reviews too about the documentary. Uh, and I happened to come across one the other day cause I had mentioned to one of my students, I'm like, Oh, I got to record a podcast later this week. And, uh, hey, I was also in this documentary, and I was like, oh, let me find you the trailer. And the first thing that popped up was, like, two guys made a review of the documentary. It's like, look at that. And so what does that feel like when you, uh, you know, come across stuff, good or bad, uh, that people have written about your your work? Yeah, it's funny. Tom Darby, he was on for the April Fool's, Fool's Day episode, and then we actually talked about this off mic because he asked me basically the same question. And, um, yeah, it's it's weird, it's kind of weird yeah. um, when you come across someone talking about your work. Um, like it is a little nerve wracking because all you, the gut feeling is like, well, I hope, I hope they liked it. Like, I hope it's a, it's a positive oh, yeah. review. It's like, I don't want to listen to or read someone like trashing this, but at the same time you do recognize, you know, if someone's doing a review, it's like, well, you know, very likely that, you know, if they're really going to give it a, 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 you know, a fair shake and a thorough analysis, it's like, yeah, there might be mm-hmm. things they don't like. So I always try to kind of keep that in mind. Um, I mean, thankfully, the majority has been 
positive. And it's like, I've heard enough like nice things from strangers where I have some measure of like, okay, like this works on some level, you know? So even if I do come across something where someone doesn't like it or they don't like some aspect of it, it's like, well, okay, like that's not everybody. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny though. I know the one that you're talking about. <laughs> I did watch that one and they, uh, yeah, there were a few things they had issues with. They, they, uh, they didn't like the tagline. I remember Okay. In that one, the tagline of uh, the stores die, communities live forever. And they were like, well, but uh-huh. the whole thing was like, they're not, they don't have their community anymore. And it's like, oh, I don't think that was the point of this, but okay. You know, so it's like, look, people are going to, you know, take something away from it that you might not necessarily intend. And that, you know, you gotta, you gotta be okay with that. You gotta accept that. Yeah. You know, but no, it, it's, it, it, yeah. it's nice to know that uh, most people though, in general, You've had a lot of positive reviews, not only about the movies, but also about the podcast. And that's great to hear. And especially great to hear that you're enjoying doing the the Digging for Kryptonite and uh, getting a lot out of that. And it sounds like the feedback that you're getting you know, keeps you interested in, in continuing. Uh, and I like the idea that you're branching off maybe into some other characters as well, kind of keeping it interesting. Yeah, I mean, like what you and I are going to do on, on the long Halloween, I mean, that's like a little bit of a pilot of what... Uh, mm-hmm. you know, this, this expanded world of the show will be where, you know, I want to take the approach that I've used with Superman, where I'm really charting my fandom a, as a Superman mm-hmm. fan, um, and then kind of apply that approach to other characters. So I think that'll be cool. Um, with, with the movie too, though, it, it like, I guess the other thing that I always come back to is, you know, it's like, this is what I wanted, right? Like I wanted to make a movie that got out there. And so once it's out there, It'll be analyzed and liked or disliked. And then so that like so I keep that in mind, too. Like even if I come across something, you know, where, you know, it, it is on the more negative side, it's like, well, all right, like this is it's a real movie now. It's out there. Like, yeah. gonna, like any movie, you're going to get a variety of reactions. Yeah. I remember reading, so so I watched a little bit of that, those two guys reviewing the uh, documentary, but then I scrolled down to the comments. So I was like, well, what are people saying about this? And and so many of them were like, oh, I didn't hear about this. I went and go went and downloaded it and I watched it. It's like, wow, that must feel incredible, uh, knowing that still, like, you know, you know, people are discovering it and getting something out of it. I mean, I don't have anything like that. Uh, the best I have is a couple of papers that I write that maybe a few other chemists read. Um, you made a document that you know the world has people around the world has wa- have watched. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, kind of on that note, I mean, you know, <laughs> not to be mercenary about this, but that's sort of the other thing too. It's like, even if someone doesn't like it, I get paid just the same as if they did. So it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> again, you, you always I, want good word of mouth, but it's like, Hey, you know, people are talking about it and, and it prompts someone else to, to then watch it. That's great. Do you track sales of that still? Or is it just something that every now and again, you look at an account and there's some money in it? So I get quarterly reports from the distributor. It's not, um, okay. it's not as broken down as mm, I, I maybe would like. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say like the number of sales per platform. It just kind of lumps mm-hmm. a couple of them together, like the Amazon and, and iTunes kind of lumps them together. Um, but it's, I mean, it's fine. I guess I could do the math and work backwards if I, if I really needed to, but, uh, the honestly but, getting it onto curiosity stream was like really, um, because that was just a, a flat licensing fee that they play that they paid um, to show the movie for two years, um, and that was um, not to pull back the curtain too much, but like that was where I've seen the most uh, has yeah, been from okay. that, as opposed to the Amazon and, and iTunes sales. That being said, if anyone 
somehow still hasn't watched this movie and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what's the, if I really want to support Anthony, like what's the best way, like rent or buy it on iTunes or Amazon? Because <laughs> now with yeah. Curiosity Stream, it's like, I don't, there's no, there are no residuals. There's no percentage from that. It's just that flat fee. But, uh, but oh, it's funny though, as far as feedback. So I do hear, I do still hear from people about the show. Um, and what's funny is, Sometimes people will, you know, as you know, right, like do record some of these well in advance of when they come out. And as much as I, I love the sound of my own voice, I don't like re-listen re to all of them all the time. Uh -huh. And so sometimes people will text or message me something about something that was in the episode. And I'm like, well, I don't know what they're talking about. Or like after the yeah. Steve Ryan episode came out, uh, Lord Retail from Acme Comics, he texted me and he's like, I like Cobra Kai too. It is so random because it's like two months later, right? And I, or a month later. And I'm looking yeah. at the text and I'm like, all right. I mean, that's cool. I'm glad you do. And then, I, and, then it, and then it clicked. And then also in that same episode, I talked about when we went to- I love that Jermaine, by the way, is, is watching religiously the show. That's <laughs> it. We're listening to it. That's great. It's the best. Uh, and then in that same Steve Ryan episode, I told a story about how when we went to New Jersey for Father's Day, my brother-in-law and I, we moved this like su such a heavy tube television- up the stairs mm -hmm. and then i had a buddy of mine from law school he texted me like about his saga of moving a tube tv for his parents you know so it's like so i yeah. so sometimes it takes me a second to be to be like why are they messaging me about this now um but no it, it's cool and so i i do always appreciate um you know hearing from people and I'm, I'm glad that people continue to enjoy and i'm glad that people have come to digging for kryptonite and um yeah i mean for any my comic shop history listeners who haven't well i sure hope you will so do you have uh so future of the podcast seems certain have you ever thought about you know revisiting the idea of doing a documentary you've done a few in the past now i think you have four to your credit correct yeah four i there was another documentary i was i was planning pre-covid and then between covid and just kind of you know the thing that i mean this is a larger discussion about like w with the documentaries like w why i'm doing them and what i'm hoping to get out of them and and all of that and and so between having those conversations with myself and COVID, I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't think another documentary right now is exactly where I want to go. I, there are a couple, there's like, there's one other completely different type of project that I'm actually thinking about. I, I, I'll tell you off mic. Um, so there okay. are other projects that I'm thinking about, but I mean, for right now at the, you know, I mean, between work and fatherhood and all that stuff and the podcasts, I mean, that's really where the energy has been going, especially with the Superman show and, and getting that up through this first year and mapping out the future years and all that stuff. So that's that's where a lot of the attention has been. But, um, I, you know, it's one of those things where I think I'll get that itch again, um, mm -hmm. whether it's for another documentary or this other type of project that I'm thinking about. It's like and I won't be able to ignore it and, and I'll and I'll do it. Like that's the it. way this always goes. But for right now, I'm like really just having fun with the podcast. For sure. I know it f fulfills a need that you have and a want, uh, but I certainly remember years ago when you were doing the uh, the Kickstarter for the documentary and, and you, you had gen you know generally said that this is something you'd really want to explore and, and continue to do. And I know you got a lot of cool equipment probably sitting in the closet. Um, well, I, mean, I use the camera for this. Oh, do you really? Okay. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So that, yeah. So it was in the closet really for, for <laughs> quite some time, but no, but since I've been doing these video podcasts, I... I busted out the camera at least. Which is so. why your camera looks great and I look like, you know, Richard Nixon in the 1970s or, or 60s, you know? It's like, oh my God. It's all good. The far more important thing is the microphone and that headset is great. You, I mean, you are one of the, like, I would say one of the better 
sounding like from an audio standpoint. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, These are uh, great. I mean, I think I, I think you said you got them for Rich Roney, correct? I tried to get, yeah, I did get him a headset. Something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I've said this in other episodes, but yeah, doing doing these remote podcasts with Rich has it's been it's been a little challenging. (laughs) We've made it work. We've made it work. He went through the entire COVID without having internet at home. I don't know how. It's incredible, actually. You know, and this has come up in other episodes, and it's just if the pandemic didn't prompt him to get it, I truly don't think anything ever will. No, for sure. He had a conversation. So he has an iPhone, but he doesn't use the iPhone to do internet searching. And he said that it's because it's the company's phone. And and I wonder how many employees on any company across this country feel that way still. Like, it's amazing that he has, he, he's like Superman. He's like such a Boy Scout. I love him. Love him to death. I know the the integrity that, that he yeah, has. Yeah, integrity is what I was looking for. There you go. I mean, my feeling is like, you know, <laughs> my, do you have a work phone? No, I don't. But if I had one, I'd be using it to go on the internet for sure. And it's like I wouldn't even think twice. And it's I mean, I might have one and it might have unlimited data. And so my feeling is like, yeah. listen, it's unlimited. Yeah. Well, I mean, why, you know, <laughs> why let it just sit there? Yeah. You know. But uh yeah, but Roberta about work. Yeah. Is that something we could talk about? Yeah. How's the new job? It's great. So and I don't mean to keep plugging the other show, but I'm just saying I did, did I did a whole episode. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, I didn't, no, no. I didn't, I didn't watch this. I listen to the other show. We no. can, I'll listen to it later. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. No, no, no. It's all right. No, I did a whole episode though of digging for kryptonite about how, how a scene from Superman and Lois actually partly inspired this. But, uh, yeah, I got a new job at, at the same place that's fully remote. Um, so, you know, that solved a, a daycare situation and, and all that stuff. And, uh, it was time for a change and it's been, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, there were, there were a few like big time sensitive projects that I had to like jump right into. Um, Mm. and we also, I also had a a project from the prior role that I still had to finish up. So the past few weeks, like (laughs) it's been a little, it's been a little bit much, but I'm in a good place now. And, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been great so far. I really, you know, if you had told me that this opportunity would come up and that it would be remote, like, you know, I was, it was very, very surprising. I'm like, I'm really, really happy that it worked out. I'd some, like, sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, I can't, but like, it's really what I want. I got what I, I got, what I wanted. Like, I really, yeah. this was what I wanted out of work and life and, and I got yeah. it. So I'm very happy and very appreciative. So this is long-term, uh, working remotely. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. It's not a COVID thing. Like the, the, the position is, is remote. So my brother who works at an insurance company, similar to what Rich Roney used to do, um, he said that his company is largely thinking about pulling back you know, the office space and just having everybody work remotely because they had been doing that largely during the pandemic. It, it was efficient. And I guess people are happier. The employees are happier. They're working harder because I guess they want to get their work done so they can you know, get on with the rest of their day. And uh, I, I think it's going to wind up being a model that we see in the future a lot more. Rem- I mean... The university gave us the option still if we wanted to teach our classes remotely we we could still stay at home but you know most of us opted to go back to school because i think we were clawing at the walls um but uh, because it's very difficult with the remote learning but you know it's nice to know that you know employers are being mindful of of this as as a new path forward and i don't think that would have been the case had covid not you know descended upon us yeah no very very true i mean it's funny though i don't know how much this is really a product of what you just described I because I, it there's like one other job at the school that's remote I so I like I don't know that this is a direction they're moving and I I mean I think it makes a lot of sense but 
in any event, it, you know, it, it worked out well. Um, let's yeah, take for sure. one final commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll talk, a, we got to talk about Halloween. So uh, we'll, for sure. we'll be right okay. back and uh, we'll, we'll do a little Halloween talk. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out this family of film festivals, Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On to Your Shorts and Cullen on Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. All right, first of all, can you believe that it's been a year since we did part one of this? No, and... I'm amazed that a year has gone by in, in both of our lives. And uh, it's it's nowadays, you know, when you're younger, you know, I don't know if you measure time differently, but it seems like it takes forever for something to happen. As you're a kid growing up, he's like, you can't get wait till you get older. As an adult, like the, like the days just fly by and the years apparently too. Um, it's great being back here uh, as always. I love talking to you on the podcast, but I can't believe like 12 months has been in between the first long Halloween episode and now it's incredible. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I was thinking the other day, it's like, how many could it be? Like, Oh my gosh, I added them up. I was like, Holy crap. It's like the entire episodes, like just like long Halloween It's 13 episodes. Unreal. Can you do me a favor though? And just turn down your, Oh, um, sorry. No, 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 your headphone volume just a little bit. Cause I'm getting a little bit of myself on, on like on your end. If you just, just the The whole time. No, no, just, I've just heard it a, a little bit. It's, All right, I'm I, sorry. I, the, our audience, most likely, I don't think it would even be detectable, but with these headphones, I, I got, anyway, I, yeah, I can't believe a year. Um, the thing that's, you know, it's disheartening because I, I haven't gone back and re-listened to part one, but I'm almost positive that in that episode, I was like, you know, we're doing these remotely for now. And I'm sure yeah. that by the end of them, we'll be doing them in person. Maybe you'll be in town for a visit. We can do the finale yeah, in person. Yeah. And honestly, I don't, ha- there are no, um, I don't have any in-person recordings. I, I, I don't have anything planned anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, do you have do any you visits planned? Dynamic? Uh, to New York. Yeah. So I, I don't think, you know, next time I come to New York, I might need to sleep on your couch if that's okay. Sure. Or maybe Steve Otto's couch or somebody. So my parents will be moving for good uh, October, in October. So next month, uh, they will no longer be in New York. So the so when I come to New York now, it literally will be just to visit you guys. Uh, I still plan on coming, but I think my frequency is going to be a lot less. And while I intended on coming this past year, COVID just made it impossible. Um, and that's why you didn't see me this year, and I'm sorry. But uh, no, I hopefully mean- in the future... Uh, once this is all over, I'm planning on coming up. I mean, you know, I like the idea. So Logan, you know, his his other set of grandparents is still in New York. I, I fully intend on being in New York, but it will be a while after my parents leave. No, I totally understand. Um, and I look forward to when, when we can be in person again. Uh, yeah. Well, you were asking, if, has the dynamic been doing it remotely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be different. I got to tell you, though, not as different as you might think. Like, I... This is why, you know, as you know, and as the audience knows, I mean, historically, I only did episodes in person 
I mean, even if that meant there were guests I couldn't have because of geography. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and you know, look, going back to the first season when we were doing those episodes in the store as it was emptying out, of course that added to the discussion we were having that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being literally in the same space with someone, I think that's always the best. And look, as far as audio quality, yes, if we're in the same room and we don't have to rely on Wi-Fi and we're on the same mics yeah. and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it'll sound better. But as far as just the, the, the connecting with someone and, and just being dialed into the conversation, Honestly, I don't feel like the episodes have suffered for doing them remotely. Truly, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what you know. I think it's just you know, the, you and all the guests like have been great, and I think like we're just happy to to connect and have the conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and we're used to, I mean, again, we're now we're used to doing all of this stuff through a screen anyway. So I think you know that. So I think all of that kind of you know feeds in together. But no, like I don't, I don't know. I, I. I don't feel like the, again, like audio. And again, I'm happy with what we've been able to achieve from an audio standpoint as well. But even that aside, like just in terms of the, um, like the quality of the conversation that we're having, I don't, I really don't feel like mm -hmm. we've lost anything. So having said that now, when we, when we are allowed to go back face to face <laughs> at some point, maybe it'll be a mix, right? So you'll do a few here and there, but it sounds like this works out pretty well. Yeah, it's the sort of thing like, well, you know, like looking ahead to next year with the Fat Moose saga. Um, sure. You know, the original owner of the store, he now lives out in Seattle. So, you oh, know, yeah. So this is this is the way you'll do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's perfect. And, and honestly, like even with Sean himself, it's like now that he's the owner of the store, I mean, his availability to come here is vastly more limited. And, you know, right. even for me now to take what would be a two hour round trip drive, you know, plus the recording, I mean, I have to would have to carve out a, a day you know, to go right. there and do the recording. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of instances where I, yeah, I would continue to do it this way. Now, you know, Ken Marion, who lives 15 minutes from me, like the next time he can actually be here and we could talk Superman together. It's like, yeah, we'll do yeah. that. So yeah, it'll definitely be a mix moving forward. Cool. So Halloween. Um, yeah. What I do know, you want to talk about with Halloween? I don't know. I guess. <laughs> what, do, I mean, is it too, and again, we're recording this over Labor Day. So is it too early yet for Logan to, to be thinking about costumes or, or is he? So, so last year it was heartbreaking, right? Because, you know, as a kid, Halloween is one of those things you look forward to. And I don't know if it's just because you want to dress up, probably less to an extent of dressing up and more to like going to get this candy haul. And it didn't matter that I could said, hey, I'll get you as much candy as you want. It wasn't, it wasn't the point, you know, and he, he kind of understood that. And it, and it was sad to see it, you know, and, I, and you don't even know how to console a kid. I mean, he's at that age where Halloween is a big deal in his life. And so last year we had to obviously cancel Halloween. And I think Halloween was canceled. I didn't go out that night to see if anybody was trick-or-treating. I don't think they were. But this year, I don't know if it's going to be different. Um, I'm assuming that trick-or-treating is going to happen because I think, at least with, in my town, they want to believe that COVID is over. Uh, but I certainly won't be taking Logan out. I don't think leah would either i think we're, we're we're like you we're kind of we go out when it's absolutely necessary and try to play it close to our chest kind of thing um and so i don't know how that affects him long term like when he looks forward to that or he looks back at this i mean that's what i mean um yeah i don't know i didn't even get him a costume last year that's the thing like we you know i always make him a costume we always do stuff it was like i guess we were still living with this like you know, the anxiety of COVID and, and whatnot. And so it's like, you know, how could I even think about going to the store to get a costume that you're not, you know, I don't know. It was sad. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, my, my heart goes out to, 
kids particularly of, of his age where it's like, you know, you're, yeah. you know, you're old enough, like you understand what's going on and it's like the anxiety and the frustration of not like Milo hasn't, he doesn't know, like, you know, it's like there's no yeah. conception of yeah. like, Oh, there's a pandemic and there are certain things we can't do. You right. know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, challenging cause it's like, we can't explain it to him and, and, uh, but it doesn't, you know, it, it, it it's fine. And, you know, we've worked out our system of what we are comfortable doing and, and all of that. But, um, and, and again, like for kids who have been, you know, on, on zoom school and all that, like, I know that, you know, it's, uh, we were grateful that, you know, as challenging as it was to have a one-year-old and now a two-year-old during this, it's like, I, you know, the, I, I, look at what the challenges would be like having, you know, someone in a kid in elementary school. And it's like, yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so no, so no thoughts of costumes yet then for this year or would he even, if you're not going out, like he wouldn't even address that. We'd no. take some photos, yeah. do like a photo shoot yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. We'll do something. I think, I think we have to at this point. Um, he has not expressed interest, but, uh, or uh, in a costume, it used to be like when he was a little bit younger, he knew like a month ahead of time, two months ahead of time, what he was going to be. Uh, in some instances, he had two costumes, one at my house and one at Leah's house. He was so excited. And so we'll see what happens this year. And if we do a photo shoot, you'll expect to see pictures online. Yeah, no, of course. I, no, for I, sure. I, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, I don't know the next time we'll see you in person, but, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully it won't be too. I mean, I, you know, it's the sort, it's the sort of thing where, because I, I, I posted a photo of Flat Squirrel Studios like a, a little while ago, mm-hmm. and I, I talked about how, you know, and I set up this space, you know, this was July 2020, right? So the pandemic was raging. But, you know, when I set up this space, I, I got a couch and a coffee yeah, table, yeah. and I set up two microphones, and I was like, well, yeah. you know, eventually, like, pretty it's soon. your studio. Yeah. I was like, pretty soon, it'll be me and a guest sitting across from each other doing these episodes. Yeah. You know, and I think that that sense of like, oh, it'll end, like there's going to mm-hmm. be a clearly defined endpoint to this. I I think I've been disabused of that notion now. It's like I I, I think this is something we just live with to some extent. And once, like Milo can get vaccinated, we'll just feel more comfortable doing things. But mm-hmm. you know, like until then, yeah, we've we've uh, been very guarded. Well, right, and not to bring it on a somber note, but like that Delta variant and potentially the Lambda that's now kind of creeping up, it, it seems like the, the kids are getting it um, and getting hospitalized, which is scary. Uh, and so, you know, we're very careful with Logan at the moment, you know, and you have to be. Yeah. Well, you know, that, and at the yeah. same time, you don't want to be like driving like the doom and gloom, like, you know, you, you know, again, you don't know how this is really affecting him. Leah's uh, father got COVID. Uh, he was vaccinated and he got COVID. And thankfully, he was fine. In, in about a week and a half or two weeks, as he was symptom-free, but he was sick enough to get a test and that showed he was positive. And, and Logan really took it hard. And so, you know, not that I want to be careful with what I say to him, but yeah, I, I want to be careful. I don't want him to live in fear, you know? And I think it's very easy for a kid his age to, you know, go that direction. I don't want that for him. And, I, you know, you don't want that for your kids, you know? I'm sure but it's hard. Yeah, I'm sure that's a very tough line. to. I do think about that, not just with COVID, but with any of the dangers that exist in this world it's like you know you want to make sure your kid is careful so there should be yeah. some amount of fear but like not you don't want them like paralyzed and, and unable living to, in to fear function. yeah yeah so it's a that must be a tough line to walk well, well again like logan is 10 he wants to have sleepovers he wants to go to his friend's house he wants his friends to come over and that's something that you know we've been you know not not allowing him to do at the moment but you know hopefully that does change in the future you know i, I can't imagine this is going to be forever but you know, maybe for another year or so, I think this is how life is going to be. And that's what I tell him too. I said, oh, you know, hopefully it'll be over soon. 
you know, I, you know, as funny as a kid, he's looking forward to the the vaccine when he can get it because I think he also realizes that that's going to be some anxiety off his shoulders. You know, that he he must have he shoulders that he doesn't even show us or it doesn't tell us about. You yeah. know, no, I mean, like that's that's the thing. I mean, for like for Steph and myself being fully vaccinated, it's like yeah, we you know, we feel some measure of security for ourselves. Though, again, we, there's, even if, even if we didn't have Milo, like there are definitely certain situations we wouldn't place ourselves in just in case. Um, and, but, mm-hmm. but especially, you know, having an unvaccinated child, it's like, and we can, I mean, I've said this so many times, but it's like, even if it's statistically small, it's like, I don't want to take that chance. Like we, yeah, of course, we, it's we, not we, worth the risk. We, we Whatever the Milo, risk is. Yeah, like we took yeah. him for his uh his two year checkup recently, and uh, the pediatrician, you know, she's lovely, she's great, and yeah. she has a very calming way about her, and and puts us at ease. And in the beginning, when we first had him, and we didn't know what we were doing, and it's like, is mm-hmm. is this is it the you know the right formula, and like, is it okay to give formula, and like all all yeah. those yeah. new parent questions and fears right. and all that stuff. Yeah. Like she was so great with being like, it's fine, like you're, whatever you're doing is good, but I feel like she's a little. A little bit, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say lax, but not, when we talk about COVID and and all of that, you know, like at, at this recent appointment, she was like, well, you know, like the kids aren't really getting it. It's like, I don't know. I'm seeing enough in the news where, again, even yeah. if it's statistically a small amount, it's like, are you, do you want to gamble with your kids' lives? Like, I, yeah, you know. Of course, never. Yeah. So, uh, so bringing it back to alternate realities and not, not to be a downer, yeah. but you know, we talked in prior episodes about uh, Carolyn getting married in October. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to, with, gonna be with able to Mike Sanger Gorio as the, uh, what is he? The man of honor or something? He's, oh, I thought he was, oh, <laughs> yes. This is his title, his official title. I thought he was officiating it. That's not <laughs> Oh, okay. No, I thought it was like, he was like the maid of honor, but a guy. He's yeah. He's the, he's the, the man of honor, I guess is the title. Yes. Oh, in my head, I was like, oh, he's officiating it. Um, but yeah. And it's like, you know, when we got the invitation in, in July, Did it say like, like continued upon, uh, I don't think it said that, but yeah. when we got it, I mean, we were like, yeah, like we like we're looking forward to it, and you know, we saw. Yeah, well, like Carolyn, you said, you started looking good, and we saw Carolyn at Shake Shack, and we had just gotten the invitation, and I even said to her, I was like, oh, I, I, we would have brought you the response card here, uh, but now with the turn that this has taken, it's like I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't feel comfortable enough to to take the risk. So, no, for sure, you know, um, but. Anyway, I guess continuing along the alternate realities track here, yeah. But and maybe on a positive note to kind of like bring this all together. So I'll give you a positive one too. Oh yeah, go, go for it. You want? Well, you go first. No, no, you go, please. All right, you said Halloween. I thought maybe oh, yeah. you want an alternate realities Halloween story. Oh, it'd be great. All right. So Brandon uh, was the owner of the store at uh, years ago, and I don't even know when this story takes place. But you know, in my mind, they're all like it's like this continuum, and so. Brandon, you know, was always trying to break into comic books, even when he was in the comic book shop. And eventually he went out to California with Jen and he, he started, I think, at Tokyo Pop, but then he came back. He did DC stuff for a while. Even before that, he was trying to court some celebrities and, and people of note within the comics community. And so he befriended Barry Wrightson, or Bernie Wrightson, sorry, Bernie Wrightson. And he convinced Bernie Wrightson to do a signing at the comic book shop during Halloween, right? And it was going to be this big thing. We advertised the hell out of it. You asked when was the last time we advertised? Well, we advertised the hell out of Bernie Wrightson coming to the comic shop. 
And so there was going to be a Halloween uh, costume contest. And the person who wins the costume contest gets a piece of original artwork by Bernie Wrightson, right? So this is a great thing, right? So Halloween comes, Bernie Wrightson's there. He's an older gentleman at the time, and he brings tons of stuff to sell, tons of stuff, right? Artwork he had, he had prints. He, you know, he was ready to sign books. Nobody shows up. Nobody shows up. And so Brandon is like running to the store at the front. It's like, you know, people that I knew weren't there. Like my brother, for example, he's like, get your brother down here. Meet him in the parking lot and give him a hundred dollars and make him buy stuff from Bernie Wrightson. And like, that's what was, you know, Brandon was doing, trying to like, you know, make it so it wasn't so bad. Um, but the Halloween costume contest was, you know, again, like how do you judge the costume contest? And so a couple of people had some random stuff. We had a customer named Doc Ben, and he came in dressed as a werewolf, but not really. Uh, but we gave, and this is good full circle, uh, we gave the Halloween costume contest winner to Rich Roney for coming in as Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> You got a piece of original artwork by Bernie Wrightson. You could probably ask him about it. I wonder where he has it. <laughs> it's a true story. How did he take? How did he take that? I think he took it with grace, like he always does. You know, uh, I think everybody got a good laugh at it because you know we always used to say that uh, you know Rich looked like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my god! Uh, at so the time, funny. he definitely did. If you ever looked at older pictures of Rich, uh, he kind of did. They're so rare, but every now and then Steve will post them as he goes through his archives, yeah. and uh, they're fascinating to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but anyway, amazing. there's your alternate reality Halloween story. <laughs> I mean, what happened? Was it? I mean, especially that it was advertised, and I mean, even just among the regular I, I, you know, customers. I don't know. Well, I guess it's Halloween. It's probably not the best time to have a signing. People were doing their own things. They were trick or treating with their kids. Uh, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Nobody bought anything except who Brandon met in the parking lot to give them money to buy stuff. I think Drew bought stuff just to buy stuff. I had to buy stuff. We all had to buy stuff. Yeah. How did Bernie Wrightson take it? I, you know, I think he was, he was fine. He was just having a good time. I think him and Brandon at that point were pretty good pals. So they were, it was just like a hangout for, for the both of them, which was fine. Um, yeah. But he had like a whole little booth too. It wasn't just like he came and sat at like the little table with the green tablecloth. Like he brought like a whole like, you know, Halloweeny looking, booth that he would probably bring to a comic book convention he set up in the middle of the store it was a it was a real deal that was a real signing that we we didn't we mishandled that one i mean that's you know i mean that's yeah that's tough i mean i'm sure you know as for him as a as a you know a creative person it's like you know i'm sure it wasn't the first time i mean you know especially oh, maybe yeah. when he was yeah. up and coming it's like you know and and even once he was established uh, you know as this situation yeah. you know shows it's like yeah, you never know. I mean, look, going back to my documentary pursuits, I mean, I, I've had screenings where the, it's just me and Steph. It's like, you know, yeah. and, and it's it's tough, but it, it is what it is. Um, uh, oh, speaking of artists, though, I thought of you. Did you see this? That Because um, I know your, your buddies, I don't know if you're still in touch with Phil Noto. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every now and again, I'll get a, a random text message, which is kind of fun. Uh, kind of like you and Lord Retail. You said you just got a message that's kind of like, you know, non sequitur. You're like, I don't even know what this is. Every now and again, I'll get a message from Phil. Uh, why? What is he doing? I haven't even noticed. No, recently. Oh, I just saw. Um, so I don't know if you saw the Black Widow movie. No, I haven't yet. Okay, so Florence Pugh, the young actress, she plays the sister of of Natasha, and in real life, okay. she's dating Zach Braff. And Zach Braff commissioned a piece from Phil Noto of Florence Pugh as her Black Widow okay. character. I've seen cool. that. Then, oh, yeah. he posted it on his Instagram page. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I, and it's funny too, because the face is such an unfil noto face, but it's like very true to the character, which is great, uh, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah was so cool. I did see that. I thought of you when I, when I saw that. Um, oh, are you, nice. so like, again, I know you've been reading the, the Batman long Halloween stuff, but are you, are you going to any comic shops these days or are you reading anything old stuff or no? Not really. The other day I, uh, I picked up, you know, another copy of the killing joke. Cause I happened to see it at a used bookstore. It's like, Oh, well, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I have like a half a dozen copies of the Watchmen and a couple of other random books. I always give them out as like lending copies and I usually don't expect them back. I think that's what happened to my original copy of long Halloween, by the way, cause I had to buy a copy. Um, not that I wouldn't want to have that in my collection, but, uh, you know, I started reading comic books again ever since you started, you know, re-engaging me in the media. Um, and for many years, kind of like Carolyn, I think, was saying, too, it's like it's kind of hard when you don't have the, the comic book shop to, like, bounce stories off of, see what everybody else is reading. I'm not as, as active participant in the book club. Maybe I should. Um, but, you know, I started rereading some Frank Miller Daredevil uh, that I really like. I was reading some uh, Chris Claremont, uh, John Byrne X-Men. And so I wind up looking at looking backwards rather than forwards. Um, anytime I go to a comic book shop nowadays, I look at the new new comic wall, and I, I just can't get into it for whatever reason. And I want to. Um, but, you know, you were talking about getting a pull list again. Um, I don't know if you still have a pull list, but I think it's tough, right? Uh, keeping up with it now. It's so much easier to get a trade. And I think the stories were a lot better 10, 20, 30 years ago. Maybe that's because that was my golden years of comic book collecting. You know, I ask myself that all the time because I did, you know, I did have that experiment a few, a few years ago now at, at the spider's web in Yonkers when DC yeah. rebirth started. So 2016, so five years ago, uh-huh. <laughs> it was that long ago. And, you know, I, I think I, I was just, I wanted, I wanted the experience to be more than I think was realistic for it to be mm-hmm. like, I mean, I wanted the experience of going into the shop to replicate what AR used to be yeah. like, and yeah. it, it yeah. can't, I mean, and they're a great shop yeah. and they were, they were perfectly friendly. It was, but it was just like, it's, it's not going to be the same. And for the comics, you know, I don't know. I, I do, I try to be careful about this because I don't want to paint with a broad, you know, brush and be like, Oh, like all the new stuff, it's not as good. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do think generally speaking that it's, yeah, qualitatively, on average, like I don't know if it's if it's quite there. And that's not to say there's not good stuff happening, but I also feel, you know, like as a DC fan in particular, I don't know that there's much of a master plan and and coordination. Mm-hmm. I and I haven't even been reading this stuff, so that might be unfair to say. But from what I've been reading about the comics and just articles about you know the their their publishing initiatives and stuff like that, like I just I. It, it doesn't instill much confidence. Um, so right. I, I think there might be something to the current books not being as strong. But then, yeah, I mean, I do also think, and I know you know this for yourself too, it's like, you know, going back to those times when we were at alternate realities, so much of probably our views of certain comics are tied in with the experience of getting them there and talking about them there and oh, reading yeah. them during a certain point in our lives where, you know, like, and I've experienced this as I've been going back to stuff on the Superman show. Like there's stuff that I loved, loved, loved when I was 13 and yeah. I read it now and it holds a special place for me. And there's stuff that I still like about it, but does it, does it entertain me the same way now? No, it doesn't, you know, and I, I can recognize yeah. that. So I think there's a lot of stuff, you know, mixed up in that. But like yourself, I, I too find myself gravitating more to what's come before. But I, I am mindful, especially with the podcast of, of I don't want to neglect what's happening now and I want to give it a fair shake. So I, I am trying to be mm-hmm. mindful of that. But overall, I, I'm with you. 
Yeah, I, and maybe I said that statement too with a broad stroke, but I will say I'll qualify that and say that you know Batman has always been a character that I love, and you know one of the more recent times I went to the store, I think the cover of the comic he it was Batman, but maybe it was Joker. I don't know. It had like some kind of thing over his eyes with spikes. Robin was in chains and maybe there was a bunch of Robins. They looked like dogs. I don't know what that was. And I was like, this is so far from the character. I can't believe it's like, you know, being entertained as like, oh, this is where the direction we want to go with Batman. And so I didn't even take it off the shelf to flip through it. I mean, that's how much it was just like, oh, this is not for me. Um, you know, but then long Halloween all day, I'll take a look at that, you know, Dark Knight Returns, I'll read that every month if you let me, you know, things like that. Um, and I think, you know, every time I read books like that, I get something out of it. And I think that age thing that you mentioned is very, you know, critical. I looked at pictures of uh, us not too long ago, and certainly you started this episode, that picture of all of us at that round table at, uh, at the diner. We were young kids. Even in that photo, we were young kids, you know, and that was only a few years ago. And, you know, Certainly the things that I liked when I was at the comic shop are not the same things I like now, but I do have that same appreciation for it. But um, I feel like some of the things that I, I definitely knew were of you know, critical importance, like The Dark Knight Returns or The Watchmen, I feel like when I read them now, I see even more so why it's such a historically relevant piece of literature. Um, and you know, I feel like I get a lot out of that. And I'd rather reread books like that than, you know, I don't know, some of the newer stuff. I get, I think you were I think it was probably Batman Metal, Dark Knight Metal or something like that. that sounds that right. Saw, yeah. I don't know. I and again, maybe it's incredible. It might be. I just I personally I didn't pick it up. I did pick up though while I was there. I think it was Frank Miller, I want to say, and John Romita Jr. uh a Superman uh comic. It was like a big prestige almost magazine style uh comic. Uh, I got the first issue and I never went back to get the other ones. Um I wasn't I wasn't drawn in is yeah. all I'll say. That was year. Uh, that was year that one? one. That was year one. Sounds right. right. I have right. yeah. I haven't read it. It's funny. As we're recording this, I have a couple of open spots on the the digging for kryptonite for the end of the year, and I was, uh-huh. I was kind of toying with with possibly doing that. Um, yeah, from what I read of it, I don't know how much I will like it, but it would probably be good fodder for discussion. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's funny because I I do think that. I do think there is value in actually, let me, let me, let me take a step back. Cause I don't, for people who are still following stuff monthly and they're enjoying it and it's a positive experience and it's a fun part of their routine and all that stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. great. And I'm, I'm not knocking. Absolutely. That. Oh, absolutely. But I think one of the things that's been cool, like, you know, what you're doing on your own and, and you know, what we've done on the podcast as well. Like when we did our Darwin cook episode, you know, oh, like that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. When you kind of, have a little bit of distance between you know when the work comes out and when you're looking at it it it'll you you i guess if you if you let some time pass you get to see what actually has staying power and mm-hmm. what's worth revisiting I, I think sometimes like if and I, again i remember this experience of like going into the store and like being excited for the new books and that was right. fun but it's like you know how many of those do i would i necessarily go back to now maybe not not so many but it's like with some some time and distance it's like you get to see like okay like what really is is worth going back to like what does stand the test of time and you know right. really investing your time in that like i found to be more more worthwhile than trying to like keep yeah. up with yeah. With the like, I just don't have that interest anymore. Like, I'm perfectly content to kind of wait a while and then read some reviews and you know, kind of just mm-hmm. see what, um, how it all shakes out and then and then dive right. into it. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I will just follow it up with saying I am an advocate for comic books. You know that, and uh, I definitely would not uh, discourage anybody from reading what's on the shelves now. But um, I think this is something that, like Carolyn had mentioned too, like as you get older, you have different responsibilities, and so at the end of the day, time is limited. And you know, reading comic books is almost like a privilege uh, nowadays. And so I definitely reach for something that you know I know that I'm going to appreciate. And maybe something that I want to see, you know, how it's how it holds up. Like, like Kingdom Come is on my nightstand, and it's like the next thing that I want to read because I haven't read that in, in decades now at this point. And I remember really enjoying that book, and I can't wait to see it again or read it again with a fresh pair of eyes. Yeah, no, you that's know? awesome. It's gotten to the point where, you know, I barely remember the plot. I know it, you know, Captain Marvel's implicated, Lex Luthor, and things like that. But, you know, the details of it, I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. So I'm looking forward to, like, seeing that again or reading that again. Yeah. No, for, I hope you enjoy when you do. Uh, that's on my list to revisit as well. Cause it's been, it's been decades for me too. I, th- I mean, I, I, yeah. that's a weird, I don't know why I haven't gone back to that more. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I am looking forward to it. it. Was a, when I was, when I was younger and that came out, I remember getting the individual issues and, uh, you know, very excited to read those as they were coming out, but then reading it as a whole, I must've read that book, you know, like at least a dozen times, uh, all the way through. You know, my favorite scene with Lex Luthor, you know, and Batman when he leans over, it's like Shazam at the end, you know, it's like such a great like moment. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to like what my 40 year old eyes uh, get out of that book. That's for sure. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, especially now with the Superman stuff, like going back and, and looking at stuff with adult eyes. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's really a, such a fascinating process and it's like you know i don't know maybe i would do it again when i'm an old man and then i'll, I'll get something <laughs> different out of yeah, it yeah for again. sure yeah absolutely um, but especially all this stuff that i read as a really as a kid i mean to now you know go back to it as an adult um yeah it, it's it's a whole different perspective and you get something different out of it, it it's it's a uh, yeah it's, it's been um definitely very worthwhile uh, yeah you know circling back to you know alternate realities uh, and and just to kind of button up i guess what i was saying before you know, in doing all of these episodes, for each, like leading into each one, especially with people I'm not in regular contact with. So I didn't need to do this so much with Rich or with you or, or with Steve. But, you know, with some of the other folks who have been on, who I don't talk to all the time, like I really thought about our friendships and, and you know, I guess kind of some of the, 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 the you know, d- defining events and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and it was great to have those conversations. And, yeah, you did. I did feel this theme of like, I miss everyone. Like, I, like there's yeah. this longing, it seems, to want to be together, but that doesn't translate into the action to make it happen. And, mm-hmm. but on the positive, well, I guess this part is maybe isn't so positive, but I think this supports like exactly what you articulated in in the new documentary. And it was so important. And it, it's what we basically end the movie on is, you know, for all the people who are like, oh, you know, it's the, it's just the, it's just four walls. It's just the space, you know, with the friendships yeah. endure. That's true. And when we do get together, it's great. But to your point, it's like, there is something about that space. And I think, you know, seeing what's transpired since then supports that. It's like when you don't have a mechanism for the, for the connection, whether it's San Gregorio's book club you know, or mm-hmm. the Rich Roney call list or this podcast or this, it's like when there's not a mechanism for it, you know, right. it just doesn't really happen. So it's like that space was important. I mean, the bonds endure, but it's, it is, it's not the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know how to add to that. 
uh, you said it so clearly. Um, you know, I mean, a Saturday morning would come. I mean, I would be at the store as soon as I could when I was in college. And, you know, I knew that all of my best friends would be there at some point throughout the day, you know? And it was never like, oh, let me call up Rich to make sure he's coming in. Uh, I knew he would be in, you know? And that was part of it. You know, it was it was our clubhouse, so to speak. And, you know, not having that clubhouse makes it, like you said, so much harder. And, yeah, I mean, I'm so quick to jump out a call with you or Rich or anybody who calls. Um, but it's not the same uh, as what we had. And maybe it's because, like we are saying when we were younger, right, looking at reading the comic books when we were younger, I mean, we were – it was the perfect time of our lives to have done that, you know. We were all in, you know, high school, college era, and it just made sense. We didn't have the lives that we have now. But I still think that if the store was there – it would it would be different, right? I think still we would make the effort to go and uh, get together every weekend. I mean, I think I would. Do if you? I lived in New York and the store was there, absolutely, every Saturday night. All Leah, right. when, you know, my ex-wife, she used to hate when we would come home. Like, I lived in Baltimore, and I would come up for a weekend. But Saturday was the store, right? So I got to see my family, her family, Friday, and a little bit on Sunday, but all day Saturday, at least for me. Maybe because I'm crazy. But All right, I want to circle. I want, sure. that's, I want to circle back to that, but... On a positive note, I, I do want to say this. I'm bringing it back to that Brian O'Day story of running into him at the at the rest stop. It's like uh-huh. alternate realities was there in that instant when we ran into yeah. each other, and we only chatted for a few minutes. But it's like it was there, and, and like no time had passed either. Exactly, and I think yeah. that's the positive takeaway that I've had from from that encounter with Brian and uh, and doing yeah. all of these episodes is that. You know, I think if we look at it in terms of what it was, no, it's not the same. And there's some sadness associated with that. But I think for myself and, if, you know, for anyone else who chooses to look at it this way, great. But for myself, I think the thing that I, I want to try to get in the habit of is really looking at, again, the gift of what the store gave us that you can you can bring alternate realities to life in these interactions when we do have them and 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 to be able to pick up with someone right where you left off like that is such a gift and the store gave it to us. And so, yeah, it's not the same. It can't be the same, but it is something different and valuable in its own way. And that's something that, um, you know, I, I really want to want to take to heart. Um, and, and that's something that I've gotten out of this, this year of, of the longer Halloween. And, you know, as much as, you know, when you think about the store closing, there's always going to be that, you know, the, the, the sadness there, but I mean, I'm really trying to look at, accept the fact that it, has to be different it is different but that there's something really beautiful about what it what it is now yeah well, absolutely um it is it, you know the store did give us a gift and anthony this year you gave me a gift let me tell you uh not only having me and being able to sit here and reminisce with you but listening to everybody that you interviewed over the course of the year um it was like visiting with friends um and i really felt in many cases that i was part of the discussion like they're in the room and you know i was incredible to think so many people also brought me up in their conversations and you know i i every time i just like you know you have that feeling that that that, you know blood rushing throughout your body i don't even know what that feeling is but it's like i can't even believe they remember this or they they feel this way about me and it was just an incredible feeling to have gotten being so far away from all of you guys and you know it was uh thank you for that oh no i had to articulate that no of course um I, I want to circle back though to what you were saying about you if you like you thinking that it would be the same as it was if the store were still here. That's where I don't know. I think that's debatable, and I and that's why yeah. 
you know, we talked when we did part one of this about how we were grateful that the store closed because, you know, again, Steve didn't want to be doing it yeah. anymore and he was getting burnt out, but we wouldn't have wanted to see what running the store during COVID would have done to him. So it's like, it really, you know, it was <laughs> overall, it was for the best, but I mean, I th see, I think it's different for you because you went away and then it, you know, how do I put this? I feel like I, and maybe others, you know, at this point, but I feel like for myself, I, I now see the store maybe in a way that you did when you went away. It's like when you don't have the access to it, mm -hmm. it, it, you, you build it up even more and it, it just, it, it comes to mean so much more to you. And so again, for, for you, sure. you were, away, so it's like, you couldn't go to the store and when you were able to, it's like, you went right there and you thought about it. And, Absolutely. and I think yeah. it took on that enhanced meaning. And I think now for, for myself and a lot of the rest of us, like it has become further mythologized, you know, in our, in our yeah. minds because yeah. we don't yeah. have it. But like, I don't know. I mean, and I've talked about this before in the final years of the store. I mean, I was not there as much i mean that was when i was starting to work full-time i wasn't as into comics i started dating steph like it's not that i was completely mia but it wasn't as much a part of my routine and you look at everyone right. else now you know even that then but even now six years out and you know again who's mm -hmm. you know got married moved or or you know um not as into comics like there there are a lot of factors there you know even rich roney it's like i don't know you know, he's getting older. It's like, I don't know how regularly he would come in to make the drive, even if the store were. So I don't know, like there are all these factors right. where I, I don't know right. that you would have that. You're right. And, you know, listen, when I lived in Baltimore or Philadelphia, you know, 95% of the year, I had a completely different life. It, what did it not involve the comic book shop? And it was only those instances when I came home visiting family and that became the biggest reason I was home. It was the comic shop, you know? And so it was only because I was like displaced from my life my normal life, so to speak, that I was able to re-engage the comic shop as if I was still in college or high school uh, being at the store. And that was what was so magical for me about the store was that within those walls, I could have been 20 years old again. It just had that ability for me. It was like a fountain of youth almost. Um, and, and, and very much so, it was like a Peter Pan escapism, right? Because I had a life in Philadelphia and Baltimore. I had responsibilities. I had work. But when I was there, I was talking about comic books. I was hanging out with Steve Odo, and you know we were laughing again, and it was wonderful. You know, it was like extra memories on top of the memories I had. Um, so I miss that for sure, um, and I still do. Yeah. But you're right. I don't think uh, maybe if I was living at home, uh, just like you guys, you know, life gets in the way um, for for good and bad, right? For mostly good, but yeah, it would be probably difficult. You're right, and, but it's fun to think. Isn't it pretty to think though yeah. that we could have done that? It is. No, you know. it is. And, and, but that's why, again, I feel like the ending of the store, and I know I've used this word before, including just a minute ago, but, but was a gift because it had the store endured mm -hmm. and even, even putting Steve's harsh feelings towards it aside, like if, if, if it had yeah. endured, um, the harsh feelings of being left in the lurch feelings, those feelings. Yeah, that, and just like his just yeah. general disillusionment with, with running the store. Yeah. Like even putting that That's aside, like for if, if th those of us in the core group kind of continued to sort of go there less and less, and maybe the mm -hmm. dinners became less and less frequent. And again, I think there's an argument to make that that would have, I mean, it's like, I think there would still be gatherings, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just looking yeah. at the direction yeah. that we were kind of already going in and what's happened since it's like, I, I don't know. So for argument's sake, like if that wasn't going to happen, then the store is there, but it, you know, we're not having the same relationship with it. 
And then you just kind of take it for granted. I feel like the store closing, like it really forced everyone to recognize what it meant to us. And it just cemented it in everyone's head as as that. I mean, not that we didn't recognize it before, but it took it to another level. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think like that was one of the gifts of, of the store closing. Absolutely. Um, you always get forced into a looking back perspective when, when something ends and, uh, it definitely had that, that, you know, it has an enduring potential still, uh, certainly in our minds, but, uh, you know, I think it was probably the right time. Um, what was, what could have happened though, is that the store would have ended for us, but then continued and that community continued for other people. Um, and you know that's sad that that never happened. You know, we we never knew the next generation underneath us. I mean, you're the generation underneath me, so to speak. You know, um, and who knows what who would have come. That is a yeah no that is a very good point. Um, and I know it is it is you know sad to think like what what could have been. Um, yeah, and it's like what, it is what it is. it's like would a new generation have come up? I don't know. I mean, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? You can't. Yeah, you can't even worry about it. Yeah, but. In any event, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we before we sign off here? I think that's uh, I think we covered a lot today. Um, I will just say, you know, thank 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 God for Rich Roney. You know, uh, you know, you you asked for the theme, and you are one hundred percent right. He is, you know, he he holds it all together, and uh, I love that guy. I love Rich Rich Roney. You know, to this day. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate his calls. And Anthony, I love you too, man. You're, you're one of my best friends, and you've always been. Um, and so I was really happy to do these podcasts with you, This, you know, the beginning and the end, especially about the comic book shop. And like I had already mentioned, it was so great to revisit with a lot of people throughout this year and hear their stories, and especially, you know, you know, they're growing up, becoming adults, and like what they're doing now um, is really wonderful to hear. Some of the things were sad, like listening to Steve and how he feels isolated, but that, again, forced me to finally reach out to him. And, you know, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, in retrospect, need to do a lot more of that. Maybe, maybe you can expect calls from me every Saturday. I don't know if anytime soon, but I got to figure out how to work this into my life. But I would love to, you know, if I could. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I, I think other than Rich, I think we it's something that we all could, you know, <laughs> could work on. Yeah. Uh, but no, I love you too, man. And, you know, I, I'm actually, I've forgotten about this, but you know, we had a text exchange a little while back. I think I was asking you about dates for a recording or something. This was months ago. And I, I don't know, like you, maybe I had to follow up with you or something like that, but you, you were apologetic, but you said something like, like, I'm sorry, I always let you down. Yeah, and I, yeah, it broke I did my say heart that. when I read that because I'm like, never let me down. I mean, I, you know, it's like, that's the, the that's the furthest way that yeah. I would look at you or our friendship. So I, you know, I, it, it breaks my heart if, if you feel that yeah. way, cause I certainly don't. Yeah. I never think of, so I never respond right away. It's always hard for me. Right. And especially with you and some other people, it's like, cause you deserve so much more than like the two second response. You know what I mean? Like in my head, it's like, Oh, I got to respond to Anthony, but it's not just like, Oh yes. Or, you know, whatever. It's like, Hey, how you doing? Like, let's talk. Like, I, you know, I always want to catch up and I always want to, and, and then what winds up happening is like, days go by because you know a million fires go off you know um and so my again i always let you down i really do i feel that way in my heart and i'm sorry i again Um, i mean if this helps at all i really don't look at it this that that way and if i appreciate it you know if i 
but look, if there's ever anything that's urgent, I'll just call you and please you know, do. If you know, I text I'll you and I don't hear, here's the thing too. It's like you know, with all of the scheduling for these shows and stuff, like I plan far in advance, and I do that for a number of reasons, including like you know. If it takes you a few days to get back to me and that or and or I need yeah. to follow up, it's like that's fine. Or I had to cancel like I did, and I'm sorry. That's fine. I felt bad about that too. It's again, that's why I plan I learned the lesson from yeah. Odo about like, you know, not so much planning in advance, but having backups for backups of backups, like that whole right. thing. So it's all, you know, it's all good. And yeah. and so uh, I I certainly don't look at you as someone who who lets me down. I mean, quite quite the contrary. I mean, you've been you're so supportive and such a great friend and, and one of my best friends as well. And uh, I cherish our conversations on and off mic. And I'm so glad that we've been able to do, again, it's crazy that it's been a year, but that we've been able to bookend this uh, longer yeah. Halloween event. Yeah. Now it's been wonderful doing this with you. So thanks for having me for sure. My pleasure. Thank you for being a part of this. And thank you to the audience for celebrating a year's worth of holidays with the alternate realities gang. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. I hope this helped you know, maybe make the pandemic a little bit more entertaining. I hope that it helped, you know, maybe uh, capture some of that alternate realities magic. You know, when we did our hundredth episode segment, I know I sent you one of the YouTube comments. Mm -hmm. uh, it was one of the nicest things about how yeah. the, like the conversation made them feel like they were at the store. It's like, yeah. that was yeah. beautiful. I couldn't even, yeah, yeah. And people said that about your other works too, which is incredible, you know. Um, but no, that's, I mean, I always appreciate that. And, and I, I really think like these episodes in particular that we've done over this past year, I mean, are as close to what you would hear at the store. I mean, it's not really like we're well, putting on a show for this. I mean, this is really like what it's like. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you came out to dinner with us this and you sat next to me, uh, and any of the guests or me and you, this is the conversation we would have had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Bill. I, I you know I hope uh, you, your son, your family continue to stay safe and healthy and oh. uh, have the best Halloween that you, you can. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Happy Halloween to you, Anthony, and your family. For sure. I hope Milo gets to dress up as the Superman again this year. I hope he was so cute as little Superman. So as of this recording, Steph Steph recently looked for like uh, she was I don't know where she was but she looked for they didn't have a superman ones but we'll we'll work on okay. it we'll order something um yeah i think sure. it's it's been because we've dressed him up as superman a few times but i think whatever costume he previously had he's now outgrown so it's time yeah. it's time for a new costume so for sure i think there might be some facebook photos that coming. batman is just as good <laughs> just as good uh, you know look whatever character <laughs> if any he gravitates toward that's perfectly fine uh, you know I'm, no, I'm, sure. I'm along for the ride here it's, it's quite all right <laughs> uh but again thank you to bill thank you to our audience again for uh for joining us make sure you come back next year for their comic shop history featuring fat moose comics it'll be a lot of fun and in the meantime Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but make sure you check out Digging for Kryptonite. Even if you're not the biggest Superman fan in the world, uh, you know, we have very thoughtful conversations and we do understand and address why people might have, might not feel the same way we do about Superman or certain characters or, or storylines. So uh, again, even if you're not the biggest Superman fan, sample an episode. Hey, if you like Batman, sample the episode that Bill and I are going to do in a few weeks. You'll love it. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, but again, thank you to everyone. Uh, I hope that everyone stays uh, safe and healthy. And we'll end this episode the way we always do. Don't be a flat squirrel. For sure. My Comic Shop History is a Flat Squirrel production. Art by Phil Tastic Phil Menza. Music by Basic Printer. 
If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country on Amazon, Apple TV, and CuriosityStream.